It's not getting it, getting it. potentially be involved in this. So you really have to, you know, it... Not if it's triplets. There's still a smaller amount of people. This really doesn't matter too much, but I do want to qualify one thing, because they're listening to it today. I heard a lot of people talk about automatic weapons. Automatic weapons have been illegal since 1933. Mm -hmm. You cannot go out anywhere unless you buy it on the black market, an automatic weapon. Yeah, yeah. well, which is Period. why I said semi-automatic or Period. automatic. Because still, they're out there. It's still a single <laughs> shot. You pull the trigger for each single bullet going you do, out of that gun. But when you, but you have 10 to 20 to 30 rounds, that, that single trigger yeah. is a lot faster than... My, my personal protection pistol... I can, I can load eight rounds into it. I can get a clip that has 12. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's just for a 9 millimeter pistol. Yeah. My revolvers are most of them are six shots. I just don't pistol. understand yeah. why you, truly, I understand the, like in the Olympics or whatever, you know, when you do the actual target shooting, why you would have the type of rifles that you have. But what. Why would anyone need an AK-47 for any other purpose than that type of shooting? You, I don't. There, there is, it's there, not there is sport when you go out and you kill an animal. There's no sport in that. To me, the the. But wait, <laughs> I've known people that have used AK-47, the AK-15 gun, yeah, the AR-15, AR, I think AR-15. They're actually a very accurate gun. That's the surprising part about them. They're a very accurate gun. Yeah. I'm uh, sure they, they, were made, they were made for war to be accurate. And you, when you go out and shoot a antelope or deer or something like that, I'm not going to pump 30 rounds into my meat. Right. You know, well, I, mean, I guess I'm going to shoot it what, once. Okay, I'm going to shoot it what once. Is the Why would you need that though? You can do it with a rifle or a bow and arrow. It's or just another. Yeah, it's yeah, just I'm another type you, of gun. What ends up happening, and that is one of the fallacies of hunting, is. You actually just injure farmer animals who end up having ex exceptionally painful dust. They bleed to death because you're not able to actually well, have the fire. The last thing I, want I shouldn't even bring up hunting because that's a whole other yeah, subject. I don't want to. I don't ever want to wound an animal. That's yeah. exactly. The I, yeah. I, I use a very large gun to hunt deer. You know why I use a large gun? Because I'm not in the blood trail. I, I want that animal to drop. That's fair enough. I want to go get my four wheeler, drag it out, get it gutted, take well, it down, and, and get it. Okay, off. so. So this is why it's good to have a conversation with somebody that actually hunts well and can have a logical sure. conversation instead of just it's my right. No. Yeah. Okay, but why? Well, no, why no, 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 no. is that? Hunting has never, ever, ever, ever been a right. Hunting and gun ownership is a privilege. Exactly. Okay. But people, if, when if you, you ask abuse, people questions you like this, most of them will say. Because it's my Second Amendment right, and I can do it if I want to. You do have you the, need to have a you do have the better... Second Amendment right, but gun ownership, there, there's a difference there. You have an amendment, and you have gun ownership. Gun ownership is a privilege. Mm -hmm. All right? If I go out to the range and I act foolishly, I will be out of that club in a minute. Well, that's completely different. In a second. You know, if, if I'm hunting with other people and I handle my gun foolishly, I guarantee you they won't hunt with me again. 
Yeah, but you have, but the, you're, you but have you're these saying. rights you go there in the first place. And I do not believe that the American justice system, this is a fundamental problem. I do not believe that they grant you rights. I think you have the right to do everything. The government's job is to restrict some of those rights just to make it a, a society that we can all get by with. We don't have anarchy. You know? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, government but, is there to prevent us from having anarchy. But, but the government does not give you rights, period. They only restrict them just to make it a normal place. So that's kind of well said, basis of America. Yeah, I, 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 that's, that's what the Constitution is basically there for. I completely agree. And if you look at our constitutional founders, brilliant were those men. They they still yeah. have most things nowadays that are still very relevant to what they said. You you, you read quotes by Thomas Jefferson, he'll blow your mind. It's interesting. Although when people talk about the founding fathers, I'm like they hated each other. It was massive compromise. It was people who truly, truly despised each other to the point where some of them killed each other. Uh, but but they did that's compromise. gone. Yeah, that's it. They, they compromised. Did. But they, they, there's they did. no compromise anymore. Yeah. Okay, okay wait. Before, before, before we go, go, go forward, I, I want to hear from the young guy in the room. <laughs> you, 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 you're hearing a lot. You're hearing a lot. What are you thinking? But I also know that I also know that you need to you need to go some to the Lakers. So I want to make yeah. sure that you get any points in. Yeah, I think some of us grew up in small towns. We talked about that before. And you, you, you definitely get a perspective there where everyone owns a gun, and it's uh, it's very much our right. But it, it kind of to the anonymous female's point earlier was the argument seems to be pretty often that, well, it's my right. And I remember hearing that growing up. My, my parents weren't big into guns at all. Um, but some, some of the family members I have are, and it's interesting to talk to them about it, because I feel like, uh, Dave, that we, we can have a conversation about it, and that's absolutely. really good, but there's some that, that absolutely cannot. Mm. The moment you start talking about moving inches, just giving a little bit, they <coughs> flip out, but they don't even know why they're flipping out, which I find interesting. It's like, you know, let's sit down and have a conversation. They're flipping out because it's a rope from the NRA. Can't, you can't see. They, 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 are, they are not thinkers, they are followers. But that's going to be true of any passionate subject in this country. I mean, that's true But you have to be able to have a legitimate reason for people to really take you seriously. Okay, well, my legit, one of my legitimate reasons is I own a construction company. I hire rough men. Yeah, rough men in construction? Mm. Occasionally a rough woman. <laughs> <laughs> what what some people fail to realize of the situation is that I may own the company, but it's still my job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm too old to fight you. There's an old saying. Don't, now, I don't, don't, no, try, to, don't sure try to fight an old man because he's probably going to shoot you. <laughs> you know, if he can't I never, whoop your ass, he's going to shoot you. Like, I never have a problem. So it's personal protection in that yeah. asset, plus my home. Yeah, I never you have come a in my home, ownership. I'm taking yeah. you out. You don't belong in my home. That's yeah. Castle Bar. That's what I thought again. Yeah. You do not belong in my home. You will get shot. I have we a nine millimeter at the head of my bed because I traveled so much for work. And I told my wife at the time, I said, somebody comes in at 3 in the morning, they're not there to hang out. I feel like guns are a little bit like children, you know, they they really are, like what you, you know, it is a privilege to own them, and you have to be responsible and care for them, and and the people around you in a responsible way. I would, be, I would challenge you to go to 
but Eddie Eagle is the NRA mascot, and when we have training sessions for children out there, when they learn, go out and learn how to respect the gun and how to shoot, and see these kids out there. I've also worked with the Missouri Department of Conservation where we've taken them out and had waterfowl hunts, pheasant, quail hunts, dove hunts, and watch these kids and how respectful they are to the discipline that they're taught. It's, 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 it's a different ball game in that situation. Now, this is hunting, but it's a different ball game. And, and how they react to that structure is amazing. But that's teaching they, they, them they look responsibility. At us, but they look at us and say, this is so much better than a video game. This, this is real. I'm learning how to handle a weapon in real sense. I'm learning to hand, learn that this weapon is a weapon. A firearm is a weapon. You've got to respect that weapon. Yeah, Because that, uh, that weapon can, can hurt somebody else. It can also hurt you. you know, yeah, absolutely. You, you, you drop a gun in the ground and plug it full of dirt and pull the trigger, the barrel's going to blow up. Really, I mean, what we're talking about are people who, uh, you can teach them what you want. I mean, you know, yes, it's a, it's a, it is a weapon, and maybe they've been through gun training and all that stuff. I don't know what the guy, he was a security guard, he got taught how to train, you mm -hmm. know, and respect a gun and do all those other things through that. Mm -hmm. The guy just turned out to be a crazy bastard. Out of all the people who own weapons in this world, an exceptionally, exceptionally small percentage of them do crazy shit like this. And yet we hear about it all the time. Generally it speaking, all the time. it doesn't happen all the time. Well, and you hear about it. But well, it is beginning to happen at, a, at an exponential rate, though. I, 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 would, I would disagree historically. I don't know if that's the I, I would go for this, too. Now, this, this is only going to provide for the law of providing people. Yeah. But go ahead, Brian. I, I'm with him on that. I, I don't think it's happening more often. I think it's just. You think it's like kidnapping? It you always happened, but you now, have more media. now you have I mean, it instant media coverage. I mean, I think it's prohibition. You have people well traveling around the streets of Chicago without. With, True machine guns. Yeah, yeah, machine guns, right? <laughs> right around with time. What are you talking about? That's, that's that didn't happen. Perhaps should be on the list at some point. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would, I would uh, get it to. In order to acquire a license to ride a motorcycle, you have to prove you've been through a training class. Mm -hmm. And this is another thing I would go for. If you want to buy a weapon, you have to be. A, you should have a, a certificate, just like. In order to get a hunting license in most states, you have to have a certificate showing that you went through a hunter safety program. Mm -hmm. Okay? Why shouldn't you have to have a certificate to show that you've been through a training class to, to be able to get a... That's a good question. Inches. You're right. I don't think the NRA would back off of that for yeah. that, That's actually on the, on, the, on the books in most states. Kansas being one of the most notable exceptions to drop the concealed and carry license. They had to have any training to have a concealed and carry license at all. And they just dropped it in July. I went through an so eight-hour training session. You had to. When I yeah. got my gun, you had to do it if you were a concealed and carry. So, and it was uh, very important. And that would, it, yeah, it was fascinating. But uh, one of the bigger issues, I think, at this point is just, okay, so you do that. This guy clearly, in Orlando, knew how to operate a gun, went through a ton of training. You know, I don't know if he had a legitimate license or not, but he certainly knew how to handle weapons and was trained for years on how to handle weapons. And still goes into a club because he's crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just chase the crazy out of people. It just doesn't work. But that that kind of leads Which into a different subject. I want to change the direction here a little bit, if you don't mind, Rio. Is that 
when we're dealing with, with, with the terrorist situation. We've, we've talked about the crazy situation long enough. Let's just deal with the terrorist situation. And the interesting thing about that is that this is a war of cultures. Yes, definitely. And you have to think about that. Well, this is a war of cultures. Mm -hmm. And their culture is, is, is so far beyond our ability to understand a radical Islamic person that has been radicalized. When I die, I'm going to go to paradise and get 72 virgins. That is not a God addict. That wasn't even a Muhammad addict. That is a man addict. Oh, yeah. That's how you recruit people into a radical form of religion. Mm -hmm. And you can take other religions besides Islam yeah. where there's radical issues to it. I don't think anything that radical. They generally don't tell you to kill somebody, but they're going to promise you something when you die. Yeah. Or they're going to promise you something if you join my religion. That you're going to receive some type of a sainthood or you're going to become something. Well, isn't that kind of like what cults are? Actually, I think that defeats truly what, what most studies would actually show. When it comes to radicalism, the vast majority are not poor, uneducated people doing it uh, just for money for their family or because they're stupid or got brainwashed or anything else. The vast majority of them actually are reasonably educated. A lot of them have American educations from American mm -hmm. universities and went back. Jones and Guyana. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it is... It is there's, there's a lot people. more to it than that. It is, it's not the stereotype of just stupid young kids who got brainwashed really easily by people who so are smarter. You, you, deal, you deal with that element, and that becomes a whole different issue. I, I called my best friend, who, as I said, is a gay man. I wanted to get his slant today on this. And, you know, is it, is it a gay issue that he was there it was Latino night. But he had also seen some men kissing his father, said blah, 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 but his father was also rather a hateful speaker. And I really have an issue, especially with the Afghans. I think everybody knows that all of our soldiers, and Lane Soft too, they, the Afghani men in the rural areas have boys. And they have a name for it. I mean, these people are depraved beyond belief. Well, that's not new. That's throughout history. That's I mean, throughout look at the history. Romans. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing that's been there a long time. Mm -hmm. but, but as Americans, we, we can't accept that mindset. I mean, we, we look at that and just, you know, if, if I was a soldier, how, how do you not shoot that man? You know, this is the thing I, I always make. This is the question I've always had in the back of my mind about going over to that side of the world. And here's one piece of historical trivia that I'm sure Chris will know immediately. The, the only army never defeated is the army without a uniform. And that's who we're fighting over there. Absolutely. We're not, we're, Absolutely. we're fighting dudes in cowboy boots and flip-flops and jogging pants. They are not soldiers. They, these people believe something so fundamentally different in, in, from, from, a, from a cultural standpoint or from, from a religious standpoint that I don't know if... Uh, think about it like this. Every time they're defeated and then 
you know, a new government is supposed to be put in place. They always elect another fundamentalist Muslim government. Almost, unless we impose a government, they elect a different version of what we kicked out. No, I don't think these are governments. I think these are right, just radical sects that cross borders. Yeah, that, that don't. You're not. Well, I think like ISIS definitely is not a state is. versus state issue. You know, it's not one country fighting another country anymore. Mm -hmm. This is a true ideology problem. But see, this goes to a different point. As you know, I worked in the oil field in the Middle East. Yeah. And I was in Egypt several times. Egypt was always ruled by a dictator. In Egypt, for example, Alexandria in the 60s was a very cosmopolitan place. It had Muslims, Coptic, it had a large gay population. It had European all over the place. Alexandria was a very cosmopolitan city. After a while, they're very, you look at the history of Alexandria, it's fascinating. Yeah. And after a while, that went away because the Muslim extremists kind of started stepping into the ballgame. However, the one thing I always noticed about Egypt was it's always been ruled by a dictator. And in the Middle East, us as Americans have trouble understanding dictatorship. Dictatorship is like whack-a-mole. Okay? And that's what they do. You have all these different factions, and they can control all these different factions. One faction sticks their head up two eyes, starts yelling, boom, whack them all. They're not a bunch of them, they hang them, they kill them. Yeah. And all of a sudden they go, ooh, I don't want to do that. Next one rises up, boom, whack them all again. So dictatorship over there works very well. We see it as barbaric. Yeah, but it works but in it, that part of the world. But that's what works because you have all these different factions of Christian and Muslims and Jews and different things all living in the same area. Yeah. They're able to control it by that fact. And when they when you take that dictatorship out of the fact, Iran, perfect example. Perfect example. Everybody nobody liked the Shah. Everybody wanted the Shah gone. He was an asshole. Really? As soon as the Shah gone, what happened? Absolutely. And Iran has never changed since, has it? No. Uh, before, before you got to go, Brian, you want to jump in and, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and give, us, give us some young wisdom? Your final you know, thoughts. Yeah, you know, I don't know what the answer is. Uh, you know, as we talk through all this, we, we've, hit, we've uh, hit on education a couple times, and I think that it's not necessarily that these guys that go out and do these radical things are not educated, but I think a lot of it falls on educating our population in general to where they can give up some inches. Uh, because I, I think that there's not an understanding there to say there is compromise, because just by this little compromise, maybe we can avoid some of these tragedies. You know, you come back to, to Dave's example earlier, which was uh, if we just enforce the laws that were already out there about gun control, then lot of these things wouldn't happen. But I think you mix that with the, the not giving up inches in the sense that if we do start enforcing some of these some of these policies that are already in place, folks will look at that and say, oh look, they're they're taking my guns away or they're adding more rules. Can you believe that? This is the Second Amendment. You know, and they start having that conversation immediately. And that comes back to an education thing. You say, well have you actually looked into it and thought maybe these rules were already in place? Or maybe uh, Maybe these would make sense. 
and actually you're not going to be affected by this at all. The politicians love to make new rules because they like to stand there and I made this new law. Right, but I made this new law. Well, but if the population it didn't do you any dang good, the law was already there. You just you just turn around and tooted your own damn horn. How about we enforce the laws that already been in place? Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of leaning toward Brian here is that the electorate, as a general rule, uh, is not the, they're not the sharpest tools in the shed, we, and we, and and because fail. they're uneducated. And on on so many things. It's not even that they're dumb, just uneducated on so many things that, you know, you can get, you know, just some, you know, talking head from the NRA that says these are these are the rules and this is what we believe. And they go, Yeah because they don't really know. And you can go or to the, the or on any subject for that matter. The news organizations fall into the same place. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, the news organizations are all owned by some political party anyway. Yeah, so yeah, you're yeah, not going to get real news out of them. I mean, it, you know, I think, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the, the conversation about, you know, whether or not, you know, you want any, uh, you know, any level of socialism in our government. Uh, most Americans would say no. Until you start explaining how many socialist programs that are already a part of our government, and they go, "Well, that's not socialist." No, actually, it is. Actually, it is. Actually, it is. But Social so, security? so, so you need to know. <laughs> but it's balanced. You need you need to know what, much, what you don't want what, to have too much socialist. You don't want to have too less socialist. Exactly. You got to have enough. I mean, some some things have to have the profit motive taken out so that they operate correctly. You know, I don't think you go to war with the intent on making a profit. Because why do you have an incentive for the war to ever end? Which is, I think, why the wars are getting longer and longer and longer. You know, well, that's what we were talking about know, at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, if, you're, if you're there and, and the motive is, really isn't to uh, liberate these people and bring them democracy, the motive is <laughs> we want the damn oil, or maybe you don't want the damn oil. Maybe you just uh, you just want these jobs programs that are going to keep you know, employing uh, defense uh, contracts. Yeah, yeah, you're going to keep employing people that make weapons or, or or do any of these other various duties around. The Sur war machine. The, the service industry. Yeah, and uh, and I think that's you know on, on a on a larger scale than just the mass shootings. I think that's a problem. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna let Brian get on his way. He's got some very important things he's got to do. Uh, so we're gonna say goodbye, to Brian. Bye, Brian. Bye, Brian. Yes, thanks for coming. <laughs> and uh, so you know, like I said, that's that's you know that's my two cents on. On, on a bigger scale than just these mass shootings, because you know I, I think we've we've done a lot of talking and we've made some really interesting points, but I don't know if we've made any real headway on what the hell do we do to to stop them or slow them down. Well, or, and, I, and maybe you're right. Maybe maybe they haven't. Escalated at all? Maybe there's just more coverage. I mean, come on, it's a it's a 24-hour news cycle now. Everybody's all over it. You know, back in the older days, you pick and choose what you wanted to say. Now it's on Twitter within less than a minute, and everybody knows about it. Uh, I 
I think there's just more coverage. I disagree that the electorate is uninformed for the most part. I think. I, if you, I wish if, I could agree if with you. you. If you look at how few Americans actually vote, I think really you're dealing with people who are passionate about causes, um, and the ones who are truly uneducated just don't even give a shit about voting, to be perfectly honest, and don't show well, up. But to me, so that's think, a real problem. I don't like, think that's a problem at all. I would prefer that 50% of America <laughs> vote would at least knew a little something about what they were voting on, yeah. and 100% of America vote, in which case I think you really will get some true morons out there voting. And the, the truth of it is, almost every single election, you can look back through, through especially recent history, has been decided by a five to seven point middle America swing. You know, there are True. your diehard Republicans, there's your diehard Democrats, and really as a candidate, once you get past the primaries, you are appealing to five to seven percent of this country. That is the swing vote every time. Sometimes it's the soccer moms who vote for Reagan, sometimes it's the, you know, the centrist who vote for uh, Clinton. You know, yeah. you are appealing to five percent of the people who are willing yeah. to shift their vote either way. You know, and I don't think they're uneducated. I think they actually give a, give a shit about the issues and, and know a little something about it. You might, it's, it's interesting. You, well, you know, you, you might be problem. true. You you might be correct in that the people that actually vote sure. are you know. I guess my problem or quandary is uh, is the fact that you know that we're we're only talking to half the country that's that's uh, educated enough because I do think I do think there's a ton of dudes out there and women out there that are just you know they've gotten on whatever side of the fence they're on and they only listen to the the talk radio that keeps feeding whatever they want to believe on either side of the fence. Well, sure. that's that's just society in general. You group with people that you have like interests and like you know, thoughts.